This is Tanner's Takes with your host, Tanner Yoho. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Tanner from Tanner's Takes. I have a pretty good episode coming up today. This is going to be the opening day episode. You guys know it's baseball season. We finally made it. It was a long off season for us Pirates fans. A lot of Pirates fans will tell you there's nothing to be excited about this year, but I am going to try to change that for you. I think the Pirates are undercover going to be a good team this year. So let's jump right in. So before I jump in to some Pirates talk, because I've been chomping at the bit to get Pirates talk done, I do want to first discuss something a little bit personal, I think, and it's something that I care a lot about, especially now. So let me just start by saying when I came back to West Liberty University, I had no plans to make friends. I, I promise you, I was like, I'm going to class. I'll go sit in my car during break and that'll be it. I'll graduate in May and I'll be done. I'm not making friends. I'm not here to make friends or go out and party. And let me just say that this semester in particular, and even last semester to an extent, I've really made some good friends and really met great people. And I just want to give a few people a shout out. So the first shout out I'm going to give to is Isaac Heron. I mean, the kid's monster. He's interning for the Rough Riders. He's got a great mind on him. And really, he's just a driven individual that I think, for me especially, is someone I want to get to know and someone I want to be around because you're supposed to surround yourself with positive people. And I, I think Isaac's a top gun. So if you see Isaac on Twitter, you see him around campus, say what's up to the man. Get to know him a little bit. Uh, the next one is uh, Ryan Phelps. That's my guy, man. Me and Phelps clown all day. We just clown, man. Dude started a Twitter war with Wendy's and Hardy. Woo! Woo! He's just killing it. And he's blocked by Ben Roethlisberger. Fun fact for Ryan. Good for him. So thank you, Ryan, for being a good dude. I appreciate that. Another one I want to give to is Kevin Stryker. You know, Stryker is, everyone on campus knows who Stryker is. Dude is just hilarious. Probably one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. Just so happy to get to know Stryker a little better. Uh, Matt Valentine. Matt Valentine's a clown, too, man. We just have fun. I appreciate Matt. He left a review on the pod, so that was dope of him. I appreciate that. Haddix, man. Derek Haddix, the the biggest Bears fan I've ever met. The double doink to let my Eagles move on. Derek is such a great dude, man. Thank you, Derek, for being such a good dude. I appreciate you so much, and I appreciate your Bears. They're going to be good, man. The future's bright in Chi-Town. It's bright. Veltri, Anthony Veltri is a dog, man. Got to know him the past couple months, and we had professional selling together. His brand is so strong, man. Strongest brand on campus, probably. Real talk. So now that that's out of the way, I appreciate all y'all, man, straight up. If you listen to the pod, if you follow on Twitter, if I didn't mention your name, don't come at me. It's cool, bro. I will mention your name. You tell me, give you a shout-out, I'll give you one. Just right now, I wanted to get to those ones real quick because those are some dudes I've grown close to over the last couple weeks especially, and I wanted to make sure they knew I appreciated that. All right, so let's get into some Pirates talk, shall we? So the first thing we're going to talk about about the Pirates is just some opening day tidbits that I want to discuss and get off my chest especially. The first one is going to be coming into spring, we didn't know what to expect from Jung Ho Gong. I mean, the man, when he was good and he was on, well, it feels like three years ago now, I think it was two years ago, actually. He was such a great hitter. I mean, we're, we're talking, I got the stats pulled up in front of me. 2016, he batted 255, but the 21 home runs, 62 RBIs, 
he's just a hitter. He was a strong hitter, and that's what we needed. We needed a strong hitter, and he was. In his rookie year, he was third for rookie of the year. He was freaking killing it. You know, 58 RBIs, but the batting average is up at 287 across 467 plate appearances. That's just a great bat to have in the lineup. And coming into spring training, having two years off after he couldn't get a work visa, you wondered, is there any way he can get back to baseball? I couldn't imagine taking two years off a professional sport of any kind, but especially baseball where everything is timing. How in the world can this man hit live pitching? I mean, we're talking about 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. He probably hasn't seen in two years. And he comes into the spring. He's got 50 plate appearances. He's only got 11 hits, right? And that's like, oh, man, it's not great, not looking good. But he had seven home runs. The man slugged 773. 773 in the spring, and he hasn't played for two years. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, he's not playing top pitching, right? Um, Baseball Reference is a great website. I'll link it in the description. Uh, I've got his stat line pulled up. The opponent quality over spring training this year was an 8.3 out of 10. So what that means is he's basically facing triple-A level pitching. So I will say, you know, there's room for regression once he starts playing MLB pitchers. But the man whose job he's taken, Colin Moran, his opponent quality this spring is a 7.8. It's a little bit lower. It falls in the double-A category. He's only got 10 hits, one homer. He's batting 222. He's only slugging 311. You can't have that at third base in 2019. You've got to have somebody who can swing the bat. And Colin Moran was a big piece that came over in the Garrett Cole trade. And I, I didn't think he had a terrible year last year. He batted 277. The 11 home runs was not too inspiring. In Jung Ho's worst year, he hit 15. I just think that in 2019, you have to have a, a home run hitter in the lineup, right? And if we look up and down the Pirates lineup, you're not seeing a bona fide home run hitter. I think Jung Ho Gong, if, if, and it's a big if, if he can time these major league pitchers and he can put barrel on ball, we could have a big year out of him. And, and I don't care about the average. To be totally honest with you, I don't care if he bats 230, 240, 250. If he's putting up 20 home runs, to me, that's a net positive, and we'll take a net positive because this lineup needs a bat like that. Colin Moran will have a chance. He's going to play a little first base. He's going to play a little third base. He's going to he'll have his chance. I just I wasn't very inspired by what Colin Moran did last year in the field. He's an absolute liability. He has no range, and Jung Ho Gung's not the rangiest defender. So don't you know misquote me. But what Jung Ho Gung loses in the field, I think he can replace with that bat. What Colin loses in the field. I don't know if he can, and I think that's something that going forward is something to pay attention to. And on the podcast, we'll be talking about it. You know, I will give Colin Moran one thing. Dude's got a beard. Dude's got the best beard on the Pirates, man. If anybody knows me that listens to this, you know I got a little red beard. I'm not thrilled about it. But, man, if I could get my beard to look like that, styling and profiling, man. All right, so the next thing I want to get into is I really just want to talk about you know, the, the national press around the Pirates this year has been mostly negative. There hasn't been a lot of positive information that's come out about the Pirates over the last couple months, mainly due to lack of spending. The budget the Pirates have is not really great, you could say, I, I believe, and I'm pulling it up now. I'm pretty certain 
that they're in the bottom three of budget this year, along with the Tampa Bay Rays, which is, they're notoriously low, but so are the Pirates, really. While I want them to spend more money, I do. I want them to spend more money because you got to spend to win, so to speak, right? But I don't think that they need to spend to the extent that the national media seems to want to convey. Their payroll right now is sitting at $73.6 million, Super low, right? Totally low. But really, the only way I could see them spending money this offseason is if they were in on Machado or they went out and got a number one starter or number two starter. They could have probably got Machado if they pushed for him. I don't think they wanted to spend the money in one position. Uh, if they signed Machado to, for example, if they signed him to a $20 million deal, he'd be making $9 million more than anyone else on the team. The Pirates notoriously don't like that situation. They don't like when a big chunk goes to one guy. So as much as I was talking it up on Twitter that they're going to be in on Machado, they're the mystery team. Deep down, I knew there's no way in hell they're paying Machado, right? So they could have went out and got a starter, and they could have, right? Dallas Kike was still available. Gio Gonzalez got a minor league deal. I think they slipped up there. They should have got Gio, but Dallas is still available. I don't know that he's willing to negotiate, though. I'm pretty certain he's going to sit on his number, and if it means sitting out the first month of the year until a pitcher goes down, I think he's going to do it because he's not going to give up money to come play for the Pirates. It's just not going to happen. And I don't think they're going to pay him what he wants either because he'll be making $5 million more than anyone on the roster. And he's really, as for as good of a pitcher as he is and was, I don't know that he's worth that money. The pitching staff isn't bad, right? It's Archer, it's Tyon, it's Musgrove, it's Lyles, and then there's one more that I can't think of, right? Tyon, Musgrove, Archer, Lyles, and Trevor Williams, who had a great year last year. That pitching staff is probably the best in the division. No, I would say, it, hands down, it's the best in the division. And I think it's one of the best in the NL. So, going out and getting a number five pitcher, I'm not terribly enthused about. I don't think they have to do it. If you're watching my MLB The Show series on Twitch, you know that I already went and signed Keiko day one. I gotta get a good beard on the pitching rotation. He needed a lefty, too. But, the, the pitching staff, starter-wise, is gonna be fine. Archer will be fine. Tyon will have a good year. Williams will probably regress a touch, but that's still going to be a really good year out of him. Lyles is a wild card for sure, and Musgrove will be serviceable. They will be fine as starting pitchers, and even in the bullpen, you're talking about Keone Kella, Richard Rodriguez, Kyle Crick, Felipe Vazquez. They're adding Nick Birdie this year, Francisco Liriano if his slider's at play. That's a great bullpen. So you're looking at a pitching staff that can take a game that's 2-1, to one. 3 to 2, 3 to 1, 2 nothing. And they can close it out after the 6th inning. And that's really what I think the Pirates should focus on this year for pitching. Get that starter to the 6th inning and the minute the minute stuff starts to hit the fan, get me a reliever in there because the relievers are solid. Let the relievers shorten the game and go win some for you. They're not going to win games in the field. The infield's not great fielding wise. We got Adam Frazier at second, Josh Bell at first. They're going to have a mixture of Kevin Newman and Eric Gonzalez at short, and they'll have Jung Ho and Colin Moran at third. You're not going to see web gems out of this Pirates team. It's just, I mean, you might see one every once in a while. It's baseball. These guys are professionals. But you're not going to see that consistent, strong defensive play that they were known for three or four years ago. Those days are gone in the infield. This infield's focus is going to be hitting the baseball. 
And in the outfield, even, Marte is a good defender, and Polanco is a decent defender, and Dickerson won a gold glove last year. But I don't think they're going to be world beaters in the field. I think this whole team's mindset needs to be on scoring four or five runs and letting the pitching win the games. They're not going to be this crazy offensive power force. It's just not going to happen. But with a strong couple players, like Marte having a good year, Cervelli continuing his success from last year, a couple good bench pieces, and then you talk about Polanco. If he can stay healthy, he was turning a corner last year. He was playing great until he got hurt. Josh Bell is a big year for Josh Bell. He's got to prove to the team that he can stick because if he can't stick this year and he doesn't come up and prove it, I don't know what they do at first base. They've got Will Craig in the minor league system, but I don't know if he's ready for next year. There's going to have to be a stopgap, and hopefully Bell can take this job and run with it. I love me some Josh Bell. I remember in his first series, he hit that grand slam. It's still on AT&T Sportsnet commercials. It was a thing of beauty. It was incredible. But the excitement since then has really just died down, and I really think he's got to take this job and run with it. Period. Straight up, point blank, period. He's got to. Because without him at first base, that is a huge asset in a high draft pick that they developed and was supposed to be this great bat that really didn't turn into anything. And as far as offense goes, they're going to have some minor league call-ups this year. You know, I don't know that Key Brian Hayes gets called up this year, and I don't know that Cole Tucker gets called up this year. But what I can tell you is they've got some things in the pipelines this year. Key Brian is going to be a great, great fielding third baseman in the MLB. He's already killing it in the minor leagues. He had a great spring this year. And I think that that glove in his bat's good too. So you're, you're talking about really a great player that might have all-star potential at third base. And then you pair him with a Cole Tucker who has, we've seen the speed, we've seen the fielding, and the bat started to come alive last year and it stayed alive through spring training this year. You're looking at a potential, and I, I don't want to say it's a bridge year, but you're looking at a window here where the because the Pirates are notorious for these long windows. They're not going to go all in on one year. They're going to try to spread that wealth over a three-year period to maximize their chances. They don't want the one year and done. They want three strong playoff years. Sure, they don't want... I think they would trade one World Series for three strong years. I really do. I don't think that they would go all in for a year ever. We've already seen that they're not going to go all in and spend buku money. But these prospects that are coming up in the system, I really think that these guys can play, play offense, and that's what they've been lacking. None of these prospects have come up and hit, really. I mean, we've hit for average, right? But no power has come through the pipeline. And I really think that the minor leaguers this year have a chance to do that. They've got Mitch Keller down there, too, who's a pitcher. He'll be up this year probably in June, probably after Super 2 passes. He got roughed up in spring. And he also got roughed up in AAA last year for his short stint. So I don't know how well he's going to do. But the fact that we have a top-ranked pitcher, he was in the top 10, I think, before in the 100 rankings, that is promising to bring into the rotation late in the year, which is why maybe you don't go out and sign a Dallas Keuchel. Why maybe you, you sit pat because you know in June reinforcements are on the way. And the, the, the worst thing that the Pirates have to deal with this year, hands down, the worst thing is that this division is a gauntlet. This is the best division in baseball, and it probably has been 
for the better part of a couple, three, four years, if you go on just a pure competition standpoint, this division is stacked this year. You're talking about the Brewers, who are a good team. Their pitching staff is trash, but their hitting is going to be incredible. Their coach is a great coach, just an absolutely great coach. You've got the Reds, who probably didn't do enough to make the playoffs, but they're definitely going to be pushing. And they've got young guys on that team, too, that are going to come through for them. You've got the Cubs, who we know are a perennial contender. You've got the Cardinals, who went out and signed Paul Goldschmidt this offseason and totally went all in for the next couple of years. And then you got the Pirates, who, again, I know they're not making these big splashes, but I think they have a chance to be a good team. So even what what is hurting is the Pirates could go a couple games above 500 and finish next to last in the division, which you don't see in baseball. You don't see that type of competition within a division. And these teams are going to beat up on each other all year. That's another thing. You know, the Pirates owned the Reds last year for the first time in forever. This year it's probably going to flip back. But they played well against the Cubs last year too. So it's these divisions are going to beat up on each other. And that's the Pirates' biggest worry, I think, going into this year is not how much talent they added. It's how much the teams around them added compared to what they did. And that's not necessarily their fault. And it's not something that I think we should hold them accountable for. They did what was in the best interest of the Pirates. And that meant not spending too much money. And for those who say, well, they never spend money, Tanner, how could you ever say that they shouldn't spend money? I'm going to just tell you two things that I think are really relevant for that topic. And the first one is their TV deal with the local broadcaster, AT&T Sportsnet, has been touted as the worst local TV deal for a professional baseball team in terms of bringing in money to the team. That deal alone hinders their ability to make money because these other teams are making bank from TV deals. And the Pirates, for some reason, I don't know if Frank Coonley did the deal or if it was an accountant or I have no idea who does those deals for the Pirates, but that was a huge huge slip up that they let that get away because the Pirates were good when that got negotiated. That definitely should have been negotiated better. So that's costing them money. And then the other thing costing them money, and fans don't want to hear this, but attendance is down. They don't have hundreds of thousands of people going to games. You know, I just saw a stat today that said the cheapest opening day ticket for Cincinnati, which is today when you're hearing this, by the way, go Bucks is $125 on StubHub to get into that game at Great American Ballpark. The Monday game, the home opener for the Pirates, the cheapest ticket was $20. Bucks. 20 0 Nobody wants to go to Pirate games. And they're doing all these promotions this year. They got $1 tickets. They got $10 student tickets, I think, every home game, including promotions like Firework Night. They are trying to get people in the seats because the idea is the more you fill the seats, the more money you can spend on payroll. But if you're not filling seats because of lack of interest in the team because you're not making moves and people aren't coming and you're not bringing that money in and recouping it, how can you justify to Bob Nutting, I need to sign this big free agent? People might not come back. So I think it's important for Pirates fans to put that in perspective. I know you're mad at Bob Nutting. I get it. You know, he's a, a cheapskate, for lack of a better term. He owns a newspaper in Wheeling. I think if you talk to any employee there, they will tell you how badly they are paid. He does not pay people. You don't get rich by paying people tons of money. It's just not how America works. He's not going to spend tons of money if he's not making it back. He's a businessman. And I can't blame him because if I owned the Pirates, I'd probably be doing the same thing. So 
I know you're mad at Bob Nutting, and I know you say, I'm not giving him my money. I'm going to sign a petition to get him to sell the team. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Here's just a great idea I think we should all follow. Put your butt in the seat and root for the team you've been rooting for since you were a kid. If you've been a Pirate fan for an extended period of time, you know how bad it used to be when we were younger, if you're my age. I'm 23, and I remember the days when Freddie Sanchez was my favorite player. I don't think we had a winning season ever with Freddie Sanchez. He won a batting title, for crying out loud. I remember Jason Kendall being my favorite player, right? I remember Jason Bay. I remember the young Andrew McCutcheon days. I remember Pedro Alvarez when he's the big bull and he was smacking river shots into the Allegheny. If you've been here for any extended period of time, you've already dealt with them being so bad. Just go to the game. It's a cheap ticket. And really just get behind this team. The team is not going to succeed without people going to the games. And even when they do succeed, people are still gung-ho. I'm not giving them my money. And that's just crazy to me. You have a professional baseball team in your city. And if you're in Wheeling or you're going to West Liberty, you can get to friggin' Pittsburgh in an hour. An hour to see a professional baseball team play. Do you know how bad the people in Montreal want a baseball team? Do you know how much they'd kill to get a team in their town? And I'm not saying the Pirates are going to move if we don't go. But I'm saying down the road, if we continue to not go to baseball games, I don't think it's that wild of a possibility for them to move the team. And if they move this team, I am going to be just devastated. I'm a huge Pirates fan. If you can't tell by me rambling on for 25 minutes, what are we at? We're at 22 minutes about pitching rotations and spring training stats and minor leaguers then just know this. I live and die by baseball season, man. I'm a huge Eagles fan. Y'all know we won the Super Bowl. That has been the biggest hurdle I've ever come over as a fan of a team is waiting for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl. I'm a huge Penguins fan. I'm not really worried about the Penguins. They've done enough in my lifetime for now that I don't have to worry. But you bet your bottom dollar I'm watching every Pirate game I got my scorebook at the house. I keep score like an idiot because you can do it on your tablet, but I do it the old-fashioned way. I love baseball. I really do. And I don't want to see this team leaving. I don't think anyone else does either. Even if you're totally mad at Bob Nutting, you love the Pirates, and you're still watching on TV anyway. So you're still funneling your money to them through your cable provider. So why don't you spend that money and go enjoy a ball game? And if you can't enjoy a ball game watching the Pirates... Go when some of the other teams are in town. When the Cardinals come to town and you can see Ball Goldschmidt playing first base, right? You see all the young talent the Cubs have and Chris Bryant and Javi Baez, who's probably the most exciting player in baseball just based strictly off of emotion and having fun playing. There's tons of different players that are going to come through Pittsburgh this year that is just must-see TV in my opinion. So go to a couple games. Have fun. You don't have to buy the $6, or yeah, $6, that's a joke, $12 beer. You don't have to get a $75,000 jersey. I don't care. Wear a freaking Steelers jersey. You probably have one. I don't care. But go enjoy a baseball game because at some point, if they don't start filling seats, they're going to leave. It's going to happen, theoretically. So you just just please support this team. And to end this podcast, I'm just going to give you my prediction for what the Pirates are going to do this year. I think they're going to surprise people. I really do. I, I don't think that 
they're going to be nearly as bad as I've seen on Twitter. I've got people saying they'll be lucky to win 60 games. That's just asinine. I'm sorry, but if you're one of those people, just please reevaluate what what you're doing. That's what I think you need to do. So I'm looking right now. The over-under on oddshark.com for the Pirates this year is 77.5. They won 82 games last year. So 77.5 games. I think that's easy money. And I think you should take the over on that. I've got them winning. They won 82 last year. They're at 86, 87, 88 in my opinion. And I know that's crazy because you're like, whoa, whoa. The wild card teams were barely that good. I think this pitching staff is going to dominate. And I think this offense is going to surprise people. I really do. And if they're contending in June, we saw Neil Huntington make a big splash last year going to get Chris Archer. Don't be surprised to see a big move in June if they're in the picture. And that big move is going to be offense. So think infielder. If any of the infielders are having trouble hitting, shortstop's going to be a black hole for offense. If they can get themselves a bona fide bat in the infield, look out. Because if they can get a wild card game, and I know we hate, hate, hate wild card games in Pittsburgh. They're probably not going to win the division. That's probably a little too ambitious. But I think wild card is definitely doable. And remember all those years we'd make the wild card and we'd go against Madison Bumgarner or Jake Arrieta or Johnny Cueto, although we roughed him up. Although we roughed him up. What is the running theme for wild card games in baseball? I'll give you a minute. Go ahead. All right, have you had enough time? I hope you have. The running theme is the hot pitcher. That's it. If you get to the one-game play-in scenario and you've got the hottest pitcher in the matchup, you're winning the game. You're winning. If your pitcher can give you six shutout or one to two run innings, you're winning the game. Because the other team, we've seen it with the Pirates. We've seen them be riding high on offense going into the wild card. And immediately, Madison Bumgarner comes into PNC Park and totally dominates. Totally. There is no shot they were winning that game. And you could tell from the third inning on, this game is not winnable. Arietta, you knew. You just knew they weren't going to do it. They weren't going to. Kyle Schwarber crushed that ball over the scoreboard. And you knew as a Pirate fan, that's the season. If we have a hot pitcher, and don't be surprised if it's Trevor Williams again, who can start that wild card game and get him over the hump of the wild card, give me this pitching staff in a five-game to seven-game series. Give me them. I'll take them every time. Now, they're probably not going to win the World Series. I don't think they'll make the World Series. But this pitching staff, I would bet on personally at this point in time. Things can obviously change as the year goes on. And, you know, stick with me for the year because I'll be doing podcasts. I have some great ideas I want to do. I would love to do, and this is just, I'm going to spitball this and see what anyone thinks. I would love nothing more than to get a group of guys together, go up to Pittsburgh and record a live podcast inside the car on the way up. And it's totally doable. I've got the microphone. I've got the laptop. We could even vlog it. We could make it a video. I want to do it so bad. I think it would be such great content on the way up to the Buckos game. So if you're interested in that, let me know. I think that people need to be excited about this year. Be excited to be a Pirate fan. I know it's been tough. And I know that you're probably mad. And you're probably like, Tanner, you're an idiot. And that's fine. You can think I'm an idiot. But this team is going to surprise people. And I wouldn't put it past them making the playoffs. I really wouldn't. And with that over-under... 
at what was it 77 and a half if you're not smashing the over on that you're a dummy you're they're gonna they won 82 last year and you're telling me this team's worse than last year's no no josh harrison and jordy mercer god bless them great pirates great memories they weren't that good they just weren't so with all this being said if you've stuck around this long it's been 28 minutes i appreciate your time i really do uh leave me a review leave me a rating follow me on twitter if you don't agree with what i said i would love to have you on the podcast to go back and forth with you i would love it so let me know what you think and with that being said happy opening day my friends we made it we made it through the cold winter we made it through the drag of spring training we are here let's go